Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Good evening and welcome to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Lost Sport Radio. Uh, after some minor confusion, it is Jake Watson in for Matt Beadle. Um, you've just heard him. We've, we've done a little bit of a, a, bit of a switch. Um, so Matt's on in drive time today and I'm sitting in until 9pm Arsenal and Brentford for you this evening. Arsenal up first and we've got the chaps from the Gunnerstown Radio with me in the studio. We've got Dave and Chris and it's been a long, long time since... Chris, I've seen you. I've seen Dave yeah. a number of times. But how how are we? Should we do a little catch up? Well, well you're course, chirpy. I am in a good mood. He's had a, he's had a good... They've had a good performance uh, no, I've seen a can, of, can of fizzy pop so yeah. I'm like a child and his beautiful <laughs> pink um, do you know what I'm also going to make a homage it's an Adidas top so clearly you've got the uh, the abominations like Man City <laughs> who've got their Puma top uh, and we're sporting lovely uh, Adidas shirts and actually they've done a good job with your lot as well haven't they it's so. alright isn't it are you a fan of the pink Dave Real men wear I, pink. I, I don't mind you wearing it. <laughs> it suits you. So who, who, do, who do you dislike wearing it? No, I've, well, like, we've never had a pink Jamie shirt. Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy, probably. <laughs> Come on, guys. Do, do, do we want to get along this evening? No, there, have been, there are some this. pretty... Man City is a weird sort of pink. It's an abomination. Yeah, it's and Crystal Palace's one yesterday, which looks like it's got like leopard, weird mm. tiger print things across the front. They're awake. This is the thing. I, 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 I was reading an article yesterday. I can't remember what paper it was on, but they did a rundown of the best and worst kits of the season. And... It's so subjective, though, isn't it? You know, if, if somebody tries something different, somebody can deem it the worst thing ever. But I like it when people try something a little bit different. But, you know, if it's any consolation, um, the, Arsenal, the Arsenal kits were both, you know, the top of, of the best ones, I have to say, the home one. It's stellar in it. It's a proper kit. We both, yeah, we both purchased it this year. That's, yes. an, that's an irony, though, isn't it? Of the... So I've got my producer just picking me up a, a kit here on my screen. This is the Stevenage Away kit. <laughs> Good grief. Wow, <laughs> what is that? I, mean, like... I can't even quite describe it. I know it's, the, it's literally like here for intern, people listening. An intern had a massive play on Photoshop. Yeah. And, you know, they just said, go nuts. It's navy, no and then somebody's done. Then when you get a paintbrush and dip it in and then throw it... Yeah. Throw it at the at the canvas. That's what we've got there. Some nice yellow and red with Burger King in the middle. There we are. There's a bit, pl- shout for Burger King. Um, I was just going to say that it's the irony. XL bacon double cheese for me, it, please, it, if you're listening. It's the <laughs> irony of the bruised banana though, because if you actually were there at the time, it wasn't actually that popular. Yeah. Uh, and now, of course, re- in hindsight, oh, wonderful retro kit. Everyone's the bruised banana back. At the time, it was very mixed. It was yeah. very unusual. But so Arsenal have done that, and Adidas have done that well. That feels a little bit. That Leicester one feels a little bit retro. West Ham's kits. I loved West Ham's yeah. new kit. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. look really retro. I think clearly that was that they had that was one of the worst ones. What? They ha- yeah, I know they hated that's that. About, that's that was a that good was one. that was matching their kit the, about the early eighties, wasn't the, it? Yeah. The Alan Devonshire that sort of era. The problem yeah. they said was it was it with because they've got the top half as the light blue. Mm. And the bottom half is, is the what's the claret. Claret. claret, and the shorts is the same. So it looks like because the, the, then the bottom half of the shirt and the shorts almost merge in, like you've got your shorts up to your <laughs> up to, up to your <laughs> up to your armpits. That's why they didn't like that one, which is quite funny once they pointed it out. But that didn't initially jump out on me. But Norwich did it a couple of years. Do you remember vintage retro Norwich where they had the the blue and yellow kind of sit kit almost? Yeah. It was yeah. really speckly. Well, a few years ago, they brought that back as a kind of an away version, as a white one. And, and that was kind of what it was sold as. You know, this was like the glory of when Norwich went, I think UEFA Cup Munich. quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah. early 90s. And then, let's bring this one back. Everyone hated it. And it was, it was a white one. So you try something. But yeah, the, the collar of the new Arsenal one, it is... Yeah, it's we proper, love it. You know, yeah. Vin- I went out on Saturday Vintage morning, Adidas. got both of them, spent an absolute mm. fortune, north of 110 quid, which was... Uh, 
ridiculous for both you didn't teams, get any of the patches then no no, no I'm, not, I'm not getting Premier League patches that's for sure shorts you, and socks you can't yeah, avoid no. having visit, <laughs> visit Rwanda yeah however. nothing you can do about that but uh, yeah we might as well talk about Arsenal, shouldn't yeah. we? <laughs> we did play at the weekend. So. What, do they, what do they play like in this lovely kit of yours when they played Burnley this weekend? God, that was yeah, seamlessly so, done. As I say, it was very... There were, there were periods of play where you thought, wow, and a lot of the time actually it was very bitty and Burnley had a obviously had a game plan, stuck to it very well, as you'd expect from Burnley, and they made it very, very difficult for Arsenal, I thought, but it's just like that. I get that. It's almost like, to give you the analogy, it's like early 90s Arsenal with Ian Wright. You're not playing well but you're never thinking you're not going to win against that sort of team because you've got a Bamiya. <laughs> That's yeah. literally what it's like right now. You just think, give him half a chance, he's going to score. So I wasn't unduly worried at one or one that was always going to be him that scored it. Yeah, I mean, if you think back to that first half, for me, Burnley did what we expected them to do. They went route one with their keeper. They tried to get the ball into the channels and put the ball into the box. And of mm. course, when you're swinging that many balls into the box, eventually some of it gets through. Or, you know, you've got a goalkeeper in Burnley who loves to punch it. You know, and you've so also got two central defenders who haven't played together ever. Yeah. So it felt, I think there was probably a bit of nervousness from the fans because the style of play was really the antithesis of, of what who we are and our, the, oh, our identity. Word. I know. I'm, I'm busting Dave, them out. Do you know what that meant? Yes. Antithesis? Yeah. yeah. I'm working tell me. the opposite. <laughs> Come on. The um, extreme opposite of. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, that was just in case nobody else understood. I obviously understood. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Anyway, um, yeah, so for me, it felt more difficult than it actually was. I didn't really think Burnley created loads of chances. Burnt Leno made one save, and that really was a decent save, but Ashley Barnes was offside right in front of him. And then the goal was just... But you do it was have... a bit fortunate. that The goal that they scored was a bit fortunate. took a deflection yeah, and then massively fortunate. went into uh, Barnes's bumbling shins to, to <laughs> knock do, it I home, do think, so. as an aside, I was just saying to the person sat with me that... Dwight McNeil is a talent, though, and you do yeah, feel that I really do actually. You he do f- you do feel that he's not going to be at Burnley next year, and you do feel that <laughs> you give him a, a little moment and he's going to create something, and that's what he did. I mean, okay, I got a deflection, but you know, a little shimmy, early cross. That's what I like about players like that. You don't always have to go at the byline. You don't always have to beat a man. If the cross is there to be made early, you Get make it, it. And he's that sort of player. And that's what I like about him. Actually. You mean the opposite of like Aaron Lennon, who <laughs> is well, like get yeah. to the byline. I forgot he was even still it. playing football until he appeared. At the Emirates yeah. on Saturday morning. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, so uh, the goal, the goal we scored the goal early as well, I think, which settled some nerves. And then they lumped the ball in, and it was a little bit uncomfortable. Overall, it wasn't exactly an amazing Arsenal performance, but I don't know what you're going to expect when you've yeah. just got a team that are overly physical like Burnley. Well, two games in, you know, it's six points. It's all you could ask for. Hasn't happened since 2009. But ultimately, you do. You, the, the big thing this season is, is looking at progression, isn't it? That's that's what you want. Does the, does the team... I know, obviously, you've now integrated new players into that as well, which you've also got to take into account. But does it feel like the, the team is in a, a better place? It feels it's 12 months along now yeah. un, under Emery? 100%. Yeah. I think what we're going to... I think we're, what, what we're all waiting on now is to see, yeah, as we progress in, in the next maybe month to six weeks, what's the style? Is he mm. going to stick with the same formation every week? Is there going to be a style? Yes, there'll be rotation. Yes, there'll be players coming in for other players. But is he going to stick to this 4-2-3-1? I hope he is. Um, I'm a little bit worried he might because he switched to a back three in the second half. Maybe that's a little nod to Anfield at the weekend, which I guess you could probably understand if he's going to try and pack the midfield and the central defence, maybe at Anfield. But I just hope we just want to see a style now because we've definitely got the players. So it's integration of style now. Do you know what I'm hoping I saw glimpses of that actually 
rings true as the season progresses. We seem to go from back to front a little bit quicker at times. It was difficult against Newcastle on the opening game of the season because... You know the style and the setup that they had meant that, and and I think the the amount of players that we had missing uh, caused us an issue. But we seem to move the ball, and we seem to have players that can move the ball from back to front quicker now. David Luiz definitely made a difference well. in that. I mean, Giles of yeah, the yeah, show, yeah. I sort of tweeted it earlier. He just showed a clip where David, David Luiz just chipped it out of defence under pressure. Perfect pass, thirty metres to mm. feet. Yeah, we don't have anyone who can do that last so year. So is he the man? Well, he's the man. If we're gonna if we're gonna play. You know, out from the back, he's certainly more the man than anyone we had last year. Yeah. And the question will be, is it going to be Louise and Holding or is it going to be Louise and Socrates? My guess is it will be Louise and Holding and that quite excites me. That quite excites me, to be honest. But I don't know what Mm. you think, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I think Holding will come in eventually. um, Not instantly, But they'll they'll rotate it around a little bit. What I found interesting was actually, and and I think we're going to talk about him after the the ad break, but um, the space that Ceballos had because if you then get teams, if we're talking about being able to transition beyond, uh, you know, pressing forwards, Sabayas had so much space in the middle of the park sometimes. It was crazy. Um, so if we can move that back to front quickly, then he's going to have time, he's going to have space, and he's going to be able to find the, the succulent trio that we have up top. Mm. On Aubameyang, am I, I, I think I, I read or heard beforehand that in the three times before the weekend he'd played Burnley, he'd scored a brace in every game. So I think, if I'm correct, I'll have to double-check this in the break, he's, he's got seven. That was, this is the first time he's not scored two against Burnley. <laughs> so he's got seven in, in four against them. I mean, with Aubameyang, with Lacazette, who also scored, and was, was Lacazette player of the year last year? Yes, yeah, yeah, he was, wasn't he? And with this incoming Nicolas Pepe, do, do you think, because I was just saying to, to Jimmy Carter but before we came on, I think that front three is the, has the potential to be as strong as, as Liverpool and Man City's. If if they click, I think the difference is we're not going to play them as a front three. But are you not? Well, we're not now, so I I can't but see going it. forward. It feels going forward. It feels like a three. Yeah. but Liverpool's is a four three three. Mm. Definitively, it is. Ours is definitely four two three one at the moment. Yeah. And Aubameyang, I thought, has looked more comfortable playing wide than he had last season. I mean, I thought he looked really relaxed in position because I always think, you know, he is a better finisher than Lacazette and in, in, in an ideal He's world you'd want scorer, him yeah. to be the, the, the main man mm. but Lacazette I don't think you'd want him out wide whereas Aubameyang can do a job and it, it's oh, is it is it great to have your best goal scorer doing a job but it looked quite fluid it's not and look, comfortable at the weekend it's not looked too bad with a sample size of one game but if you think about Liverpool's front three that they all seem to fit in the positions that they play in yeah. whereas at the moment you know, you can't really base the Burnley game as, right, well, OK, well, that's our trio and they're all starting to know each other's positions. I don't think we'll really know if it properly works for another half a dozen games. Well, the, difference, games. The, big, the big difference is, and this is a criticism of some ex-pros, for example, I'm even, I've heard Ray Houghton say on this station, Liverpool is a 4-3-3, it's a great team, but the, if there is a criticism... There is no creativity anywhere in the three. Whether, it, yeah. whether, whether it's Wijnaldum, Henderson and Fabinho, whether it's Cater, whether it's Ox, those five or six million of the six players, none of them really have a creative spark. So you're relying solely on the front three. We do. <laughs> we do now have that creative spark yeah. in the midfield. That's why I think we'll stick with the four-two-three-one and just have that 10 sort of role. And whether it's going to be Sabahis, whether it's going to be Willock, whether it's going to be Ozil is the, the, the big question for me. Mm. It's just a shame about our 
defenders. <laughs> well, as I say, I, I, I mean, I was pleased when we bought David Luiz. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I thought about it the whole window. <laughs> but when, when it happened, I thought, oh, okay, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can deal with that for £8 million. And, you know, we have the added option, of course, that he can play in defensive midfield yeah. at any given yeah, point. Do, yeah. you know, no question about it. Great to see Torreira back. But I think the interesting one for me is when we had the um, David Cart- Cartledge, the ESPN Spanish football expert on the show a few weeks ago, he was adamant that Ceballos should be playing in the two as a deep-line playmaker okay. al- alongside a defensive midfield player, probably Torreira. Torreira. And, and that's what I thought we would have. And, of course, with Shaka injured, he played very bravely, two youngsters in, you know, in Guendouzi and Willock together, and put Ceballos in the 10 role. So there's the question I think everyone wants. Is Ceballos going to be the 10 and therefore Ozil was not going to get a game? Or when everyone's fit, is Ozil going to come back in and say, I'll sit deep, in which case there's two or three players who aren't going to get a game. But it's a great position to be in. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right, we need to take a break when we come back. We will talk about Dan Ceballos in more depth. Also, Nicolas Pepe it was the first chance, uh, particularly for, for a home game, to, to have a look at him. Also, I want to have a word about Willock and, and Nelson, those two young boys who got that start of the weekend. How did they do? You are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport. Love Sport. Yeah, welcome back to Love Sport is the Arsenal fan show. But later on this evening, 8pm kickoff, it's the Monday night game in the Premier League. And Manchester United head to Wolves. By the way, Man United played at Wolves twice last season in the FA Cup and League and lost both times. Uh, but Man United started well, haven't they, to the Premier League season um, with that 4-0 win over Chelsea. Can they make it two from two and join Arsenal and Liverpool at the top of the table? I've got the team news for you and rather interestingly, I'll jump straight in and say that Daniel James, after scoring on his debut the other week, he starts this evening at Molyneux. The team in four is David De Gea, Aaron Wambasaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw, McTominay, Pogba, James, Lingard, Martial and Rashford. And for Wolves, it's Patricio Doherty, Bolly, Cody, Bennett, Johnny, Moutinho, Dendonka, Neves, Yotta, and Raul Jimenez. That one is an 8pm kickoff. As and when the goals go in, I'll let you know who scored them and who it has gone to. So, chaps, we've got Dave and Chris from the Gunners Town Radio. We're going to talk Pepe and Sabayos. Where do you want to start? Should we go with Sabayos first? Yeah, I think I so. I saw people Man suggesting on Twitter the other day that we are ready for a statue. <laughs> <laughs> is for he the that one good? year loan deal. Is he that good? He was quality on Saturday, without doubt. Um, what, he was head and shoulders the best player on the pitch. Yeah. What impressed me was his ability to quickly turn his direction, and that's why people are making these comparisons with Santi Gazzola, because he was going one way, dropping the shoulder, and then going the other way. And it's so hard. Anyone that's ever played football, it's so difficult when you get one of those type of nimble players who can turn so quickly. Particularly, it just when, makes you, you look particularly like when you're playing mark. with your face to goal. Yeah, it just makes you look like a complete mug as a yeah. defender. But he did that. He was able to... to just break people's ankles by dropping a shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> so so for me, that was really impressive. But also, as I said just before the break, the, the pockets of space that he was finding, that intrigued me. Because if you're going to get teams... that Last season, what happened is teams thought, well, let's just press Arsenal high and terrify the, uh, the back four when they're just playing it you know, across their back mm. four so deep. So you've got teams pressing us high. Because of that, and because Burnley didn't, Burnley then had a defensive line which sat deeper because of the pace of Aubameyang and and Lacazette. Ceballos just found acres of space in the middle because you've got Burnley's attacking line just pushing. You've got their defence just sitting back and he was in acres of space. And going back to what you said about Luiz, if Luiz is going to pick the ball up and have a look up and just chip the ball over to him, then that's an outlet. I mean, how that works when you go against a team like Liverpool... You know, yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, yeah, the, won't inter- it? the interesting thing is, I mean, so the guy with the ESPN guy we had on, David Cartledge, was adamant he's, he should be playing in a, in a two in the deeper, but because of that, 
the ability to avoid the high press like Santee. You don't know which way because he's two-footed, which way he's going to turn. Yeah, when yeah. This and that, that gives you such flexibility. But equally, as Chris was saying, you know, we've had this problem at 10 last season with Ozil. We tried to play with a Ramsey as a pressing 10, Ozil as a passing 10. Neither really work with any consistency. And if, if Ceballos can play as a 10, which early indications are he could comfortably, even if that's not his strength maybe he yeah. where, where he thought he'd, it gives a lot more flexibility because then you've got Torreira, Shaka, Willock and Guendouzi you've got four players there who you can rotate and not have to worry about fitting Zobias in there it, obviously the person who, who loses out in that formation is going to be Mesut Ozil but who knows what's going on with Mesut Ozil rumours mm. are his people are talking to DC United in earnest now so Really? Well, I read that this week. So, but, I mean, Sobias, I mean, <laughs> it's a great problem to have. Where do you play with someone who's that good? But I think it would solve a problem for the team if you could play at 10. Yeah. And then you'd have Pepe on the right or, or Reese Nelson, mm. Bamiyang the left or Martinelli. or, or Nelson you know, can play left Nelson. Well, he? Like left. And then you've got Lacazette who you can rotate with a Bamiyang. You've got an embarrassment of riches. The 10 was the problem. You've got Willock as understudy you know, to Ceballos if Ozil goes I'd be comfortable with that It's a frustration that there was no I know obviously there's nothing you could do about it there was no permanent option with that loan fee for Ceballos Do you know what the frustration as well is it's a, it's a tricky one because if we if we if he has a brilliant season then yeah. his price is just going to go through the roof yeah. and then that'll probably put off or he just goes back to Real like Madrid Arsenal and goes straight or, into their first team or he, Exactly yeah. so you could argue it that that's going to be difficult for us, but you know we can just poach someone like Madison or Vulok because he looked good yesterday. I think I think Lester made it very clear he'll cost you more than Sabios would, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't he? But I guess it also it's it's, it's up to the player as well. Yeah. The reason the player wanted to come on loan and play for a club like Arsenal was because he wants to play regularly. He wants to try and help us get in the Champions League. That's a great point. The question is, if he then helps us get in the Champions League, a we've got more money, so we could potentially buy him. And B, the player might actually say, if he loves I, it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a guy, I was just going to look it up, because Giles is, is, always knows everything about everything. There's two players in his position. Yeah. Another one's gone on loan somewhere else. Is it to AC Milan or Juventus? The other central midfield player. There's two young. For Madrid? Yeah. He's yeah. gone, it begins with O. I'll find it in a sec. But someone else has gone on loan, from, and he's playing very well as well. So I should know this. Still, Hold on. <laughs> keep, you keep We're talking, do I'll this find live it. On the radio. <laughs> Dave's do some Dave research. scrolls through his Twitter feed looking, to, looking for answers. <laughs> Giles, where are you when we need you? Yeah, I mean, um, he. The, the other thing as well is that my hope is that Zidane can actually still be manager come May because clearly there's an issue there. So Zidane would have no problems with saying, no, you know, you can stay at Arsenal if you want. So my hope is that Real Madrid have a decent enough season that Zidane then ends up still being in charge of the club by May. Any luck, Dave? No. All right. I'm now on it as well. I'm on the Real Madrid squad. Who's gone somewhere? I don't Who's gone somewhere? <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> this is top class anyway. radio here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, Chris, now what do you think? Though, do you think do you, do you, would you rather see him where he played at the weekend, and you're happy with that, or do you think? You, I don't you want to go because you've always been an Ozil fan. Let's face it. Yes. So would you would you be comfortable seeing Ozil come in, give him a run, and play Sabayas with? either a Shaka or a Torreira, or would you think, okay, sorry, mate, you've had your chance? It's tough, isn't it? Because the actual style of play and the players that we now have in that midfield option, you know, you've got Torreira, who is your uh, bulldoggy, you know, he wins the ball, he's, he's he's a good presser, he's a tackler, he, he covers ground. Then you've got Gendozi who plays next to him, who's, um, you know, a bit of, bit of a better distributor with the ball. You've got Xhaka as well, who's an even better distributor than Gendozi. I, I think it depends on the team as well because as I was saying so 
Burnley afforded us that space because of the way that they played. Let's just take Liverpool next weekend. Are they going to afford us that amount of space? Probably not. Because if they do, then both suppliers well, they're playing and three in midfield. can play in that pocket. Well, they're playing three in midfield, so no, they won't. Definitely. So, so then it's, does Sabayas work better dropping as a, as a deeper? Yes, probably is a better option than someone like Ozil because if he's not going to find pockets of space in the 10, then you just drop him back into, into an 8 or a, a 6 or something like that. So. Mm-hmm. We, we've discovered, by the way, who the player is who's gone okay. on loan to Real Sociedad. It's the, remember the Norwegian wonder kid, Martin Udegaard, uh, yes. signed as 15-year-old. I don't, he's never going to play for Real Madrid first team. No. He's not. I mean, to, to put it into context, last season he was on loan at Vitesse Arnhem in, oh. in, in the Eredivisie, um, a nice player, but he's, he's, not, he, he's not Real Madrid first team. Um, he'll be. He'll, this will be a season for him in, in, in La Liga. So then it depends on the likes go. of Modric and Cruz. Then, does yeah. It? Well, because obviously they had Marcus Asensio who who got picked up that horrible injury at the start of the season, and they also he's a wide. He's more of a wide. Player. And no, but just terms of midfield options. I mean, they're, they're not fluid, but I'm just thinking of who would who would stop that move from potentially happening. It's all about whether Real Madrid go off and buy somebody. And as you rightly say as well, Chris, over over Zidane's future, because I don't think Zidane will well. See out the season. They won't, I wouldn't say I don't think you'll see out the season, but there's a very good chance he won't see out the season for whatever reason. He is already under pressure, and the season is, have they had one game. I think so. Yeah, well, he'll kicked off the other nine. Yeah, well, but anyway, either way, Danny Savile is a nice problem to have for the next mm. nine months. Anyway, mm. and yeah. I think but, he's, but, but, he's a fan's favourite after one game. Yeah, so. but I, I think you're right though. If he has a wonderful season, he's got his own chance. Everyone's going absolutely, you know, amazing for him. He's like. Do I, do I go back to Real Madrid and be in and out of that side? Or do well, I go let, to Arsenal and be a well, hero? Well, well, let's face it. It's not like playing regularly in the Premier League is going to stop you playing for Spain. Of I mean, not. There's loads of players. Who, yeah. you know. So, I mean, Santi was obviously, you know, all the you know, Alonso, there's loads of them. They've all played in England and have been regulars for Spain. So mm. b- being a regular for Arsenal would not stop his no, not international all. aspirations. Mm. And, you know, then it's a, it comes down to a player's decision. And as we know in football, the players probably have most sway on this. Yeah. Maybe not around Madrid, but most clubs anyway, mm. I guess. Right, let's talk about the other... Big Pepe. signing, yeah, yeah. Nicolas Pepe. First proper look at him at the weekend. Came on at half time. What are your early signs and thoughts of him? I liked him. Obviously. Why? What um, did you like in particular about him? He's got pace, which we already knew, but his um, his sort of peripheral vision as well. There's a couple of instances where he seems to have his back to a player, but he kind of already knows where the player is. There's one yeah. gif that's doing the rounds. He where turned and nutmegs. He basically her. nutmegs um, me. But when you look at it, he's not Who? even properly looking at it. Me. Me. You? Yeah, he nutmegged <laughs> me. I was on the pitch. I'm rubbish. Um, but he, he did. He, he nutmegged the guy and then and then just went away. And it was a very quick turn. And they did that two or three times. But yeah. there was a couple of runs as well where he picked the ball up on the right-hand brain, side. not just a speed merchant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He picked the ball up on the right-hand side and he just drove diagonally across the pitch. And he did that a couple of times. And I've seen that a couple of times when he was at Lille. And you just think, actually... This is that's going to be quite useful because if we're going to have Lacazette and Aubameyang on the pitch as well, and if there's going to be movement and rotation, like as soon as he started driving across, I saw one of them, Lacazette or Aubameyang, immediately sort of diagonally go in the opposite direction. They are and intelligent that's going to footballers. To, yeah. It's going to pull pull teams apart. It's going to pull defenders apart. It's going to create space. And you know, we probably should have got a third goal when he was racing away and he's played the. You know, unfortunately, it was a behind Aubameyang and didn't manage to finish it but that's what I'm hoping to see a lot it's, more it's lovely also because having pace on its own is, is fantastic but yeah. having pace and intelligence is that's world class I mean you, you know you, I, I've seen I've seen Theo Walcott go from being a player that excited me to a player that was deathly but dull that is the because, because he never he never realised 
sometimes all you have to do is kick the ball past someone and run past them. Mm. Pepe is going to do that all the time. He's not embarrassed about it. Walcott could can't defend could, against it. Yeah, you just lucky that one where he'd be nutmegged. He was, but before me knew what was happening, Pepe was around the other side of him and gone. You know, and he's just gonna he's gonna use his pace. And if it means I don't need to use a trick, I don't need to use a trick. Yep. Walcott wouldn't do that. He didn't have a trick, and he didn't use his pace. I'm just it's a it's an obvious example to use. Who's someone who is lightning quick? No, of course, fair. And there, are, and there are other players that are lightning quick that do use their intelligence, and we just we haven't had one of those for a long time. And mm. we might naturally now have three because mm. we've got Saka and Reece Nelson as well. He can obviously and Martinelli, yeah. so maybe even four within mm. within the first team squad, which is. We had one last season, if we were lucky, at an outside. That was one of the biggest problems of last season that drove all of us nuts, was we were so predictable, yeah. particularly when going when t- talking about the wide forwards. I mean, Mkhitaryan is just a bit of a... He's a... What? He's a no-hoper. <laughs> I'm, I was holding my words there for, for radio, but he's a no-hoper. I was hoping for, a, for something else. Yeah, he's a, he's a no-hoper. Um, and I just don't know what's happened to him. He got broke by Jose and uh, never recovered. Strange, isn't it? But and, yeah, yeah. Mm. I've probably said this about ten times on on this station, but um, w- it was it was literally reliant on our fullbacks get to the ball and cutting the ball back in because our wide players was either a Wobi, which was dribble, 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 lose the ball, or dribble, dribble, dribble. You know, daisy cutter straight down the goalkeeper's throat. <laughs> so Everton fans have got that to look forward. Well to. Well worth forty million pounds. <laughs> yeah. um, but but that's it. That was our that was our width options, and it just it was just a paucity of options. Whereas now it feels like we have genuine rotational op- opportunities. Yeah. So what do you think will happen with Pepe in terms of his position and how he'll be integrated in, into the squad? Do you think he'll he'll start? Next week, or do you think it's going to be a slow process? Maybe by almost goes fast, maybe at Christmas, and then we're seeing him, you know, really kind of hit his stride. No, I don't think it'll be that long. I think it'll be like Torreira last season. I think it'll be maybe five, six, seven games in. Yeah. He'll start, oh, and then he'll then, then he'll start all the time. Yeah. But uh, he'll, he'll get he'll get an appearance every week. Yeah. But I mean, also going to Anfield for your first start. I mean, because whatever he is, he's be the a, making of him. He's very slight. Yeah, you know, he's very slight, and he needs to beef up a Hit bit the for the Premier League. So I think yeah, Anfield probably isn't the first place I would start him. But I, you know, also, I guess we talk about Leigh, but it depends whether he is going to. I was slightly concerned go that he's going to go to the three at the back. That's why he did it for the last twenty minutes at the weekend, which would make sense if you're going to be ultra cautious. And all these comments about I hate playing Liverpool. I don't want to play Liverpool ever. Yeah. I know he was doing it tongue in cheek, but it didn't inspire me. Well, I was looking <laughs> at some of the stats from last season when we got. Absolutely spanked five one. Everyone got spanked by them though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but we but, got spanked by them regularly, not just last. But season. I was thinking about this and thinking, well, you don't go, you don't play with Aubameyang and Lacazette and Pepe away at Anfield. You know, we're not going to see that much of the ball. We had more. We had like fifty four, fifty five percent possession to to Liverpool last season. They just hit us on the counter again, and again, and again. So I don't know. Do do you just say screw it? Let's just let's go with those, that those tricky forwards and mm. see what we can do. Well, I say hold your thoughts on that Liverpool game. We'll do that later on before 8pm. Before We're going to take a break when we come back. We'll continue to talk about some of those options. We've not just talk about the, those young boys. I really want to talk about Willock and, and Nelson. As I was saying to you, to you boys earlier on, I was, I was doing the reporting for your Emirates Cup game against <laughs> Lyon. And I thought the pair of them, both Nelson and Willock, looked the bee's knees, the real deal. I think you've got a couple of potential real stars there. I'll get your thoughts on that next here on the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. This is Love Sport. Yeah, welcome back. It's the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Jake Watson in for Matt Beadle uh, this evening. Manchester United uh, head to Wolves, by the way, this evening. It's an 8pm kickoff. Updates throughout the evening. But we are talking about Arsenal and I want to chat about a couple of your young stars. I think Maitland-Niles, first of all, quickly. Oh, uh, Yeah, uh, I like him. I yeah, like him a lot. Strange that 
I've got a, one of my best mates is an Arsenal fan. He keeps going on about, wouldn't it be nice to see Maitland-Niles play in midfield? Because that's, that's where he plays. So I, well, every single time I've seen him, and he's played at right back, he looks a more than capable and competent right back. And he wasn't involved in the England 21s, was he, in the, in the summer? Absolutely unbelievable. I think this, if you're playing for Arsenal first team, and you can play centre midfield and right back, I think Maitland-Niles is... He's a, World, is, he's a World Cup winner around the 20s, isn't he? I think he he's was in superb. That squad, so, yeah. I mean, what's the thought with, with, with Bellerin when, when he comes back? and Can can he keep that shirt, Maitland-Niles? No. No? No. Bellerin is, is the but next do you think level he's gonna, up, but, but you think he's going to end up as a right back going forward? Do you, do you, do you, do you, when you talk about these players, I suppose almost like a, a Danny Welbeck here, like, oh, if he moves there, he'll play, he'll play in his normal position. But ultimately, it's like, well, no, that's why you're in this team because of your, your versatility and your ability to play in that position. Think, Do you think Maitland-Niles will I always think, be one of them? I think Maitland-Niles actually came out quite confidently in an interview towards the end of last season about, you know, when Hector's back, I'm going to give him a run, a run for his money. Having said that, at that time, for the last two months of the season, we were playing, you know, with a 3-4-2-1. Mm. So he was playing as a wing-back. And he started, he, most of his youth career was a right midfielder. When he was on Ipswich on loan for that season, he was on right midfield. So he definitely feels comfortable, very comfortable going forward. The question is, can he improve his defensive abilities enough to be a mm. Premier League right back, as Lauren did, or you know, as other players who have converted have done? Is he, is he have defensively done. lacking? He well, relative been, yeah. to Bellerin, he is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there were times against Newcastle where you're kind of thinking, and then there were times against Burnley where I mean, they didn't trouble us that, that as much, but up against um, McNeil. Um, you know, the guy created chances and he had some options. He had some opportunities, didn't he? So Maitland-Niles does have a few questions over him. But also, you've got to bear in mind that we spent most of the time with the ball um, on uh, Saturday. And when we didn't have the ball, you know, Burnley were just lumping it into channels. And all, mm. he, all he's got to do is then chase. And that's, that's one thing that you will say about Maitland-Niles. He has pace. And he has recovery pace, and that gets him out of quite a bit of trouble. Oh yes, he'll it definitely is. get. I mean, either way, you know, as it is with the top side these days, he's going. Even if Bellerin's fit, he's still going to play, play every football. every Europa League game. Yep. He's going to play uh, every every, every League Cup easy. game. And when we have injuries, he can play. As you say, he can play. He's played well two two seasons ago. He was playing left wing back for, yeah. for the, in the Europa League, <laughs> and, and obviously he can play central midfield. So he, he he's definitely a, a useful squad player. Whether he'll He'll go the way of Alex Iwobi after three or four years and actually think... Not quite push on. Not know. quite push on or just get an opportunity to go and play regularly. I don't know. But certainly, I'd say he's popular with the Arsenal fans because he's mm-hmm. one of our own. And, and we will give him a chance like we did at Iwobi. And ultimately, nobody was like, see you later, Alex. Tough. It, it was like, good. Thanks very deal, much. Thank you you yeah. know, good deal for the club. It's no, yeah. no hard feelings because you're always going to give more, you know, slack to one of your own. Yeah, naturally. No, I was interested to gauge it because I, I feel that... Outside of Arsenal, people aren't really talking about Maitland-Niles. Well, that's and assist against Newcastle. Yeah, I just think if, if you're his age and playing for a top six team and, and an English player, you'd be playing at the under-21s at the very least or there'd be discussions of you playing for, for the full national side and it just doesn't seem to be happening with, with Maitland-Niles. But whenever I've seen him play, I've always been impressed. Yeah, you got, when you've got Basaka, Trent Alexander-Arnold, yeah. Kieran Trippier and Carl yeah. Walker ahead of you, yeah. I should think he probably doesn't want to play right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no. not, it's probably the one position you don't want to be playing if you want to be an England international right now. Fair point. I'll take that one. <laughs> um, so let's talk about these other two then, Joe Willick and then Reese Nelson. Both starting, I have to say personally, I, I was surprised um, to see both their ne- names in the starting lineup. Were you surprised? And, and if not, was, I, it, was no, it very much I wasn't, I wasn't surprised at Willock. Yeah. I was surprised at, uh, at Nelson. How did the boys do? But Willock is, well, Willock has now played two games in two different positions. He played the first game in 10, where Sabayas played at the weekend. He played Then he played alongside Gwendouzi. When he had Torreira on the bench, 
yeah, presumably El Nenny is somewhere. Shaka <laughs> wasn't, but he he still selected Gwendozi and a younger Willock ahead of Torreira, who it's brave, isn't it? Who probably isn't match fit, but nevertheless, it's I, a brave decision. I think that's got a bit to do with it, is getting the players up to fitness. But one of the things I think, from my perspective, that's impressed me on Willock is his physical growth. So I went to um, be glad. Yeah, I went. Well, I went to. Blackpool away last season in January and he played and I thought he looks a bit slight he looks a bit slender you know he's, he's good with the ball at his feet and he knocks the ball around when the ball's at his feet but, but that's about it really yeah. I've seen him he loads suddenly of, seems to have yeah. I've seen him loads of times at half time because all the kids sit there when, you know, when I was sitting block 31 so they come out and have a coffee at half time well I'm having a pint obviously and <laughs> I don't chat to them but I have been in a conversation and he is diminutive two years ago he was you're right absolutely slender as a beanpole but he's definitely shot up about two inches over the summer and he's been on the weights. He needs to be on them more. But he's technically so good, and he's got a brain well ahead of his years. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. He, he's very good with the ball. Confident, he's, confident young he's man. He's a good passer. His physicality has improved as well. He's actually able to. People aren't shrugging him off the ball, um, and he's, he won. He wins tackles too. Well, like, he's but won la- a few but tackles last year as well. he was obviously behind Emil Smith Rowe in Emery's thinking because in the Europa League, yeah. Emil Smith Rowe played all the first rounds of games, scored really a couple well. of goals, then went on low, then Willock got his chance. But he was definitely, in, in the manager's mind, behind. So it'll be interesting to see when Emil Smith-Rowe comes back, because he's played a very couple of impressive games down to 23s now, and he's looking very, very good again. So you've got another one there. This is always the thing, isn't it? And it's, it's, it can be so unfortunate as a footballer's career, because Smith-Rowe had a couple of injuries, and all of a sudden, if you were to say he suddenly gets fit, you probably wouldn't be putting him ahead yeah. of Willock right in now. In that time so he's injured, so so much can happen. Someone else well, he also, he also played wide more often last year, didn't he? Out yeah. wide, but he can play 10, definitely. Yeah. But no, Reese Nelson, I mean, he's the one that the fans have been watching. He's, he's like that sort of Jack Wilshere when he you know, made his debut at 16. Reese Nelson's been that sort of player for two or three years. Everyone's been waiting for that Reese yeah. Nelson to break through, went on loan. He's, everyone's watching all the YouTubes of him at Hoffenheim <laughs> and, oh yeah, it's getting exciting, exciting. But, Right now, I'm more excited by Joe Willock. Me too, me too. I think Nelson has done well. I wonder if the whole Pepe situation has, has impacted that, but Pepe is a right-sided uh, inverted winger. Nelson, predominantly for Hoffenheim, mm. played on the left. So, you know, you could technically play both of them if you're know, playing over up top mm. or if you're playing Lacazette I don't top. think Reese Nelson suffers from a lack of confidence, so I think he'll no. be up for the challenge. Definitely. And what's interesting about him, like I said earlier on, is he very much enjoys you know give me the ball I'm going to quickly release it and go so it's not just about give me the ball I'm going to try and drive at somebody with a ball at my feet which is what Iwobi did one of the biggest issues that we had with Iwobi was not that with him with the ball at his feet it was like he got into the final third and absolutely cacked himself (laughs) he did you'd look at him you'd look at him and you'd just think we know what you're going to do you're going to beat four players and then you're going to just knock the ball out yeah. for a corner. To be fair, to, a, to, be fair, to, fair to him, though, as he said, subsequent to moving, he always wanted to play centrally. When he broke into the team four He's years ago... He's not going to play centrally at Everton, is he? Well, no, it, no. I think I think the plan is... No. Yeah, but Sigerson's, what, 32? I think I he, no, he's thirty. Is he not? No, I don't think. Seems so. like he's been around a long time. Well, yeah. that's where obviously, well, the managers obviously told him he's going to play centrally, or he wouldn't have come out in that interview and said it. So I guess there is a possibility. I don't mean centrally deep. I mean in the ten role, which is where. He broke into the side. I mean, one. I think Preston Everton away. Everton playing like eight central midfielders as, well, their, yeah. as their team. Well, their squad is huge. But when we, I think Preston away, he played at ten when we went in the FA Cup about yeah. three years ago. And Sunderland, there was a couple of games where Oza was rested and he played at ten, and he did look impressive. So we'll see. He, he, he won't get. His, he won't get his chance in the centre. I don't think. I think what'll happen is he'll end up going wide, and we'll see. Well, he took, like, he took the Theo's place at Arsenal. He's now going to take Theo's place at Everton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gilfie's twenty-nine, by the way. Really? Yeah. He's oh, um, been around a long time, hasn't he? No, he has. He's been, been been around forever. But you know, Nelson and, and Willock 
the pair of them, and you know, I suppose you can throw Smith Rowe in there as well. Oh, you can throw Guendouzi in there. He's yeah, 19. No, but I just think in terms of the boys off to yeah. come, come through your system, ultimately could save the club an absolute fortune. I mean, which is, is an obvious thing to say, but at the same time, kind of for, uh, kind of speeds up maybe the the process of moving out the likes of Mkhitaryan and Ozil, doesn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to take... Well, we are taking the financial hit with someone like Mkhitaryan or, or Ozil, mm. but it, it doesn't impact it from the footballing side because no. you see these type of players. What I want to see more of this season, which Emery didn't do in the Europa League early doors, is play some of these players. Let's have more of them into the into these group games. Last season, for the first couple of group games, I certainly remember the first home game, he went almost full-strength team. It was, And I can understand why, because he clearly thought, well, I'll get to 12 points and then I can just rest players when we've qualified. But I think we're now at a point where we need to say these players have got to play and they've got to play more regularly than just, you know, the final couple of meaningless um, games after mm. you've qualified. You know, they've got to be playing in the League Cup. They've got to be playing from the start of the Europa League because that's not our priority now. Our priority is get back to the Champions League. Yeah, Smith Rowe was the only one, costs. really, wasn't he, at the beginning of last year who played yeah. regularly. OK, yeah. are you ready to talk about Liverpool yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, we'll do that. Oh, joint, joint leaders of the Premier League now, I think. Oh, hey, two games <laughs> in. Two games in, but we're going to do that next. We'll take a break. Um, but afterwards, we're going to be joined by Bobby Murdoch. He is a Liverpool fan, also a comedian. It is the dreaded, the dreaded game against Liverpool and Manchester City. Nobody, nobody's going to want to play those two. Is it a good time to play them this early on? Uh, or is it kind of one of those games you kind of want to get over and done with? But we'll do all of that next until 8pm this evening. Love sports. Right, we're just getting Bobby on the line, Liverpool fan and comedian. But before then, chaps, let's discuss the trip to Anfield. Um, is it a good time or bad time or is there no such thing to play Liverpool? So we were just talking about this, obviously, off air. Don't tell them that. Were we? Oh, come on. Let's get behind <laughs> the curtain. Save all the gold get from air the when, the, when the mic is live. Um, and much like your team, Leicester, against Chelsea at the weekend and against Southampton, against um, Liverpool at the weekend, if... If we'd have, if they'd have done the amount of travelling that they did, mm. and then to get back, I think they got back on like Thursday night or early hours of the morning or something like that, and then play on the Saturday, then you'd probably fancy a bit more our chances in terms of FT because the intensity of the press of, of Liverpool's teams, the way in which they 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 attack, uh, again, like I said, the press, it maybe would have had an impact, but with a whole week, you know, from Saturday to Saturday, there's no midweek action at the moment. I can I can see it being a difficult one for us because they'll be fully back up to speed. I genuinely I genuinely see it as a complete free hit. Yeah. You know, if you take those first four games, mm. Newcastle, Burnley, Liverpool, then the North London derby, I want <laughs> I want I would want nine points guaranteed. Ten points would be a massive. I'd be chuffed as bits. So if we can get a draw at Anfield and beat Spurs. Four games in, I'll be more than happy with 10 but, points. But I think we'll still be top two if that's the case. I don't want to play negative devil's advocate. Negative but, Nelly. <laughs> but if we do lose to Liverpool, if it's a heavy Ooh. one like last season, then you go into the North London derby and it's it totally puts a bit one of off game. On. It's a one-off game, North London derby. It's not what the previous result never affects the North London derby, surely. The players are going to be... They're always up for the North mm. London derby. I would... Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> so you think the importance... You would rather we went out with three at the back and, and, and played safe to try and not get humped? Yeah, to be honest with you. <laughs> I have to be... I don't want to say... Surprising we get on, really, in. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We're getting this. Do you know what, though? It's just because it's Liverpool and Liverpool and City are so streaks ahead of everyone else that, you know, and at Anfield. You know, if it was at the Emirates, I'd even have... Uh, uh, you know, I'd even 
be feeling a little bit more confident because I'd fancy we're a better thing. But we have a horrendous record in recent years against Anfield. It's like 5-1, lost 5-1 mm. last season, lost 4-0 the season before, lost 3-1 the season before. It's not, it's not good reading, so... I don't know. Maybe the karma gods can come back to help us right, out. It's a but... bit of positivity, please, Dave. I know. This I'm, has just I'm... killed the mood there. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, for me, it's more about what the team selection is. I mean, I, I would, I want him to play the same formation away from home in this game. And the Willick show... and Nelson start again? Not necessarily, but I think, I think you've got players to come. I mean, he will go courses in that Shaka will play. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, he'll bring the experienced, you know, older player back in. The question will be whether he plays Tobias. And if, if it's Shaka and Guendouzi or Shaka and Torreira, I think Torreira and Shaka, if, if with a full week's training, will probably both play. And if that is the case, then I think hopefully we'll stay four two three one and and just go for them on the break because we've got that speed on the flanks we didn't have last year. Do you and they think- will be wary of that. Because their fullbacks push right on. Yeah, they do. You know, there's loads yeah. of space behind Robertson and they're Trent Alexander-Arnold. They're quite good, though. Yeah, they're quite good. <laughs> yeah, and energetic, and they will get backwards. So are our as, wide as, players, as I'm we've just, just been I'm discussing. Just saying, if I'm going to allow any fullbacks to go forward, I'd, I'd allow them that freedom. Yeah. I trust them. I yeah. trust them, but they're not going to let you down. Apparently, they've got some Dutch centre-back who's quite good. Nah, <laughs> he'll never catch on. <laughs> Harry Van Maguire, they didn't sign him. <laughs> <laughs> I, so... So the four at the back, though, do you not think with their three, it's is it not a little bit scary? Come on, come on, Dave. No, it is a little, it is a bit, a little I mean, bit it's scary. It's a huge test, isn't it? If, if people have still got the question marks over the Arsenal back five, to be coming up against this front three, and that's it's and, and, huge. And also, so what's the back four going to be? Monreal, who's not any great shakes, and he's well climb. at the moment. He always starts he the season okay. where he gets tired at the end of the season. He was okay, but he's not been brilliant. You've got. Luis and Sogradis, which is still a, <laughs> I'm still doing it. It's very um, good. Which is which is still a. I've got a question. I, I've actually started to have question marks over Sogradis, um, because he just looked at times. He just looked a bit funny. He just, he, you know, he, he, he seems to. Have I had a chicken Sogradis of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> With extra chili sauce. Oh dear! Yeah. I don't know where to go from there, <laughs> Bobby. No, but do you know what I mean? It's Monreal. It's um, I'm going to Socrates. Socrates. It's Louise and Maitland Niles. So you'd rather it's, go with Kalazanak and Maitland Niles with three? I probably would. I probably would. So then you go. I think we're better equipped, and if you think two. David Louise operates better in a three as well, so you've got Chambers uh, to come in as well. Then who plays in the middle? I don't know. You'd probably say Jacker and Torreira seems yeah. to work best. Um, and then you've got Sabayos and Aubameyang yeah, behind Lacazette. Yeah. Mm. Right, we've got Bobby Could on the be. phone, by the way. Bobby Murdoch, Liverpool fan and comedian. Uh, very good evening, Bobby. Cheers for coming on. Hi, you guys. How are you? We're all good, Bobby. Uh, terrified. Yeah. We're not, yeah. we're not uh, nervous <laughs> about coming to Anfield exactly. at all. I, th- I think they're all, they're all good, um, but we're, we're trying to discuss whether we think it's a decent time to play in Liverpool, kind of getting it done early on, you know, heading up to <coughs> Anfield. Having seen your boys early on this season, is it a good time? Uh, what, what, are they, what are they looking like early on in the season, Bobby? I think as opposition, it's never a good time to play the Champions of Europe, is it? <laughs> probably, probably not, but we're trying to find positives here for the guys. Oh, I, I don't need positive for Arsenal. I just need positives for Liverpool. <laughs> no, I think um, I don't think there is any positives if your if your opposition coming to Anfield. I think what it is for us if our front three are fit. Is this part of your act? No, no. If our, if our front, if our, uh, I, hey, mate, I couldn't broadcast my act on your radio station and have you shut down. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I think I think if our front three are fit and firing. It doesn't matter if you're 
Barcelona, Real Madrid. Who the hell are you trying to kid? You know, that's what we say. So I think, um, yeah, I think, I think if we're on form, although, you know, I, joking aside, I am a, I am a big football fan and I'm a huge admirer of Obama Young and I love Lacazette. I think he's good. And, you know, I am a football fan first. I think this new guy that you've signed in the middle of the park... Tobias. 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 I think he's quality. Yeah. Do you know when you got him, I knew a little bit about him, not much, but I'd seen him in action and I thought, wow, what a player you've got there on a free. He's no, Ox- you... he's no, he's no Oxlade-Chamberlain though, is he? No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's not. But, um, but no, I think, I think he's a very, very... Very good player. I think you. I think that's a. I wouldn't say it's a find. It's the fact that the club have got him on a free. Well, it's a so loan. Think, it's think, a loan, unfortunately, Bobby. We're talk, yeah, we yeah well, you know what I mean. A loan, yeah. a free, a free or whatever. But um, but yeah, I mean, if he if he shows any of the form that he's shown internationally, he is he is a danger. Mm. He's a, he's a threat. I think that's what Arsenal have been missing. I think I think they've been missing someone who can get stuck in. They've missed. They've been missing. You know, it's hard to go back, and you don't like saying it. And Arsenal fans love him, Patrick Vieira. Obviously, yeah. of course, we can't go back in time unless unless you can get his DNA and inject it into every Arsenal player. I think you're knackered, aren't you? Yeah. It's the same with us with Gerrard. You know, you're never going to replace that. But I think in terms of modern football, it's not it's not about it's not about putting big tackles in anymore. I think no. modern football now. It's what I call a good old-fashioned shoulder-to-shoulder. That's what you can get away with. And that's why Van Dijk's so good. If you watch Van Dijk, he never really puts a big tackle in, but he's a big old unit. So who, yeah. do, you th- who do you think he'll go with in, in the midfield three? Because he's got a lot of options at yeah, Anfield there. And I don't, know, I don't know if he knows which is his favourite three at the moment. But they're all big game players, aren't they? You know, you look at Fabinho, big game player. You look at Henderson, big game player. You look at Wijnaldum, big game player. You look at Milner, big game player. You know, so what's fit and available is good. I think the only question marks, and I feel a bit sorry for him. I feel a little bit sorry for Adam Lallana. I think he could be that creative midfielder that we all keep talking about. But unfortunately, this is just my opinion, and I don't want to upset anyone when I say this. I think Adam Lallana has been too interested in playing for England than he has been for Liverpool over the last couple of years. Mm. I think he's been thinking, oh, I'll get myself fit for England before he gets himself fit for his club. And the only last person did that that used to play for Liverpool in my opinion and I'm going back a long long time is Michael Owen that's what ruined Michael Owen he was more interested in getting fit for England than he was for Liverpool first mm. and I do think you have a duty to the people that play you ages and don't get me wrong I think um, I mean Lallana's gone away with England when he should have stayed at Melwood you know or he's been played for England when he should have been again mm. at Melwood recovering you know so um, so no but I think I think in terms of a lot of our midfielders are the same, aren't they? Wynn Arlen's the same, Milner's the same, Henderson's the same, Fabinho. I think he, I love him. I just think he's he's a big, ugly man that gets stuck in, and I love players like that. <laughs> <laughs> what about, what so, about, um, about Cater? He hasn't really ste- stepped up, has no, he? No, again, he's, he's had injuries. He's had, he's had a few. I think he had a back problem against Barcelona. He, he limped off, didn't he? And then he's apparently he's got a hamstring now, and I think with those types of injuries, he sort of be linked. Once you get a problem with your lower back, you know, then your leg goes because your back's not quite right. You know, it's like mm. it's like if your knee's not right, then you have an ankle problem. If your ankle's not right, then you have you know metatarsal problems and stuff like that. And I just think his injuries are trickling down his body at the moment. Mm. I think what needs to be done with Cater is the uh, is the people need to make a decision and say, Do you know what. You're just going to have three months off. If that's what it takes to get you fit, fit, 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm a little bit disappointed. I mean, I've, I've seen the transfer news today. You, you, you guys will have seen it. Philip Coutinho going to um, Bayern, Munich. Bayern Munich. I just can't believe Liverpool couldn't do a deal there to get him back on loan. Or the rumour was that we pay £90 million, We still would have had £60 million in the bank, but we would have got Coutinho back for £90 million. Mm. No, it's, so it's, apparently it's we'd have done that. If we'd have done that, then Barcelona would have been halfway there to getting Neymar back. Yeah. You uh, know. Bob, Bobby, just a, just a quick one. If there's any question marks for me over this Liverpool side, it's the goalkeeper. Mm. We, we all know how wonderful Alisson is. Um, Adrian, yeah. he, he made a mistake against uh, Southampton. He was West Ham's number two, ultimately. Is everything, yeah. you all convinced, say, that, he, that he's not going to be a weak link against against Arsenal? No, I, I, I don't think he will be. I think, I think that can happen to any goalkeeper. And I think I think Klopp. If I was Klopp, I'd be saying to to it to to Van Dijk after the game. I'd be saying, why did you pass it back to Adrian? You know he's not good with his feet. You know, and what could he have done in that situation? If you're not if you're not a, a footballing goalkeeper, that can happen to anyone. That. Yeah. But what I would say to you is, look at the highlights before. You know, he 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 saves one out of nowhere off the line. And then he does another. He does another bit of brilliance. I mean, what you've got to imagine is when you're a goalkeeper, all I want, and, and all I ever want from every Liverpool player that I watch, I want one moment of brilliance. So if it's one world class save that keeps it at two one, then so be it. If it's a if it's a world class tackle by Van Dijk, you know that clears one off the line and we win two one. I don't care, you know. But I I think I think Adrian's done really well. Since he's come in, look how he played in that um, Super Cup final. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Thought mm. he was brilliant. Uh, the only one that I could have pulled the bones out was the most diff- was the easiest save, which was Yerusha. Yeah, sort yeah. of went past him a bit, didn't it? Uh, but everything else, I couldn't fault him on. And as a number two to come in the way he has, you know, he, and he's coming at, at very short notice. You know, when he got injured by a fan. As well, didn't he? he yeah, got injured yeah. by a fan. Um, Bobby, we'll have, we'll, we'll have to leave it there, my friend. I can hear you've got some action going on in the background as well. Um, so, chaps, just very quickly before we have to have to go, running quickly out of time as we always do. Score predictions, um, and do you think that Adrian is the weak link there? Do you do you go for him? Uh, I think we we'll lose four one. Oh, Chris! <laughs> after all that, <laughs> well, no. Predict. I, I, do you think he's going to go three at the back? Four one, but Adrian mistake. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> three uh, at the back. I think he will go three at the back. I've okay. got a weird feeling about it. And you still think we'll lose four one with three at the back? We're going to get down. And yeah. Dave, very quickly from you, please, my friend. I think he will go three at the back. Sadly, and um, I don't want him to. But I think it'll be tight. Actually, tighter than people think. I might. I might. I, I think it's got to be goals, isn't it? I might be two all on this one. So you've both gone four goals, six goals, five goals. <laughs> well, look, chaps, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully uh, you get your win and hopefully I'll be back here again soon. It's the Arsenal fans here on Love Sport Radio. Up next for Arsenal is the small matter of a trip to Anfield. That is the 5.30 kickoff this coming Saturday. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. <laughs>